Hello everybody and welcome back to episode two of Coffee Chats. Today I am joined with Devin Nicole and we're going to talk about her YouTube channel and also her experiences with racism because I really want to bring important topics onto my channel and this series is going to be a big part of the way that I do that. So first of all Devin, um, can you tell us three fun facts about you so we can get to know you? Okay, so I was thinking about this, and I feel like in school, they always ask us, like, the first few days of your class, like, in university, what are three fun facts about you? And at school, I would always say this because it's, like, relevant to my school, but my parents got married. Uh, they met when they were in eighth grade, but then they got married in the chapel that's at my school. So everyone would always be like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. <laughs> so that's, like, my go-to fun fact. But other fun facts about me... Um, one, I'm obsessed with coffee. So I'm like, I love this. I love, I just love coffee. And then two, my wildest dream at the moment is to move to Australia and I am like actively doing things so that I can move there. So keep your fingers crossed about that because I quite literally applied to 10 jobs in Australia yesterday. So yeah, that's a little fun fact about me, but yeah. Highlight of your week. Um... There's been so many good things that have happened this week, I feel like. Well, yes, no, this morning. Well, yesterday I got approved to be to be monetized on YouTube. Or no, yesterday I got put in review. And then this morning I got approved. And I, I feel like whenever anybody is like about to become monetized or like that's their goal, they watch videos of other people who have gotten monetized. And I watched so many videos and they were like, it's going to take you like three weeks, but it quite literally took me less than 24 hours. And so, yeah, that's something really good that happened to me this week, I guess. <laughs> okay. My highlight of the week is that I'm literally this morning, I started redecorating my room. So Ooh. Like not in my room right now. It's like I love that why right now but yeah I mean <laughs> it's fun yeah I've got like paint all over me <laughs> so the name of this podcast not podcast series thing <laughs> is coffee chat so I decided to ask everyone what their coffee order is so what is your coffee order okay so when I make coffee at home it's different than when I order it. So at home, I have this, it's like La Colombe. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's La Colombe coffee, cold brew coffee. And I do that with this um, coconut milk creamer and it's so good. But when I go out, if I am just getting a casual coffee, it's not a special, like it's not a special occasion. I just get an iced coffee with hazelnut, two pumps of hazelnut and um cream or almond milk depending on how much i'm like feeling in my stomach that day honestly the cream might have to go and then when i it's a special occasion i get an oat milk latte an oat milk vanilla iced latte yeah i love hearing people's like (laughs) what is your coffee order um up until like recently it was always a mocha because i wasn't like that keen on coffee but then recently i've been getting into iced coffee so oh yeah iced coffee is everything to me (laughs) i just don't really like hot coffee unless it's a mocha me neither and i love coffee but hot coffee is just not it's not my thing just different i don't know why yeah okay so let's get into what you do so you have your youtube channel and then anything else that you want to talk about that you do 
Right. So I graduated from college in December. So university um, in December and this entire period of time, like while we've been in quarantine, I was intending to travel a lot and then start working in August. So I'm still planning on starting to work in August um, and just push my travel plans back for a little bit. But right now, yeah, I'm just like solely focusing on YouTube and getting more job opportunities because I do have some, but I want options, I guess. Um, So yeah, YouTube is like the main thing that I'm working on right now. And I have been like loving it so much and like seeing that my like investment into it is paying off a little bit especially right now because I think I've been on YouTube for a little over a year and like in the past seven days I gained more subscribers than I did an entire year so it's like I don't know I'm, I'm really in love with YouTube right now and like watching other people's videos and like making my videos better so yeah that's what I am doing right now. So what sort of um, job are you looking to So I graduated with a degree in chemical engineering. So it'll be like a process engineer or project management, um, materials engineer, like a nuclear engineer, all those type of science-y engineers that are not building things like civil engineering or mechanical. Like it's, I think for chemical engineers, the main jobs you look for are like process engineers. And that's what job I am most like I feel most led to do also environmental science I am actually talking to a career coach to help me like find some other options and he was telling me that I should start searching for environmental studies um, jobs so that's something and I'm really passionate about sustainability so that would be more aligned with like my morals I guess Um, because the chemical engineer industry is like the I think it's the number it's in the top five of pollutants in the world so it's like it's so conflicting because I love it but it's like not yeah it doesn't align with my personal morals um so yeah that's exciting okay so you said that you started your channel a little bit over a year ago so what was it that made you want to start a channel okay this is actually it's not tea but it's interesting so I had a friend all of university, like I met her probably the second day of being a freshman in college. And we were friends all, like she was my best friend. We studied abroad together. We, you know, did everything together. And then all of a sudden she like stopped talking to me, which was just strange. But I, when that happened, it opened my eyes to be like, oh my gosh, there's other people that I can like hang out with. I don't have to be just me and her. And I just remember like making my best friends in college that we were friends, but I think I always held them at arms arm's length because I just like had a best friend already. And once I started hanging out with them a lot, I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to like film everything we do and like remember all of this because at that point we were only like, best friends for a little over a semester so I was like oh my gosh I I just want to film everything we do and even looking back now I'm like I wish I started my channel in like high school because I just had so many fun memories with my friends in high school and like my friends early in college that I just wish that I had 
So yeah, all of my early vlogs are literally just vlogs of me and my friends just goofing around and like doing dumb things, which is probably why nobody subscribed to my channel. <laughs> I think that's like one of my favorite things about vlogging, like looking back at the memories and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I've been on YouTube for so long, like, and I haven't been consistent, which is why like I've not done that well, even though I have been on like YouTube. But like I regret not vlogging so much in like we call it secondary school because I was just like too scared. But yeah. like now I wish I had all those memories to look Yeah, up. exactly. Exactly. I feel that. Yeah. Okay, so I started watching you during May when you were uploading every day. And like yeah. How did you do that? That is such a big commitment. It must have taken no, it is. It is. And when I decided to do that, I think it was like April 30th or something. It was like days before I needed to do that. And so I think something about me is when I set my mind to something and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I don't, I'm going to do it. There's nothing that's going to really stop me. Um, and I think there were only a handful of days that I didn't upload my video like right at 10 a.m. But I did not miss a single day. And I think that's just like how I am, honestly. But I, my strategy going into May was I wanted to think smarter, not harder, I guess. I had seven different topics that I kind of wanted to base my everyday videos around. So every single Monday, I think it was a video about food. And then every Tuesday... Uh, I can't remember what Tuesday was, but Wednesday was Instagram collabs. Thursday was a video that I thought would do better that was really searchable. And then Friday was fitness. Um, and so every single Friday, I knew that I was going to be filming a fitness video. So it wasn't that I had to come up with a brand new idea. I just had to like think of a fun way to twist it. And I also really wanted to see, because I feel like so many people talk about niching down and how important it is for the growth of your channel. So I wanted to see if I put out four like good quality videos in the same topic, would those do better? And like, if one took off, would they all kind of take off? And um, I think that right now I'm seeing the effects of that. Uh, it, it wasn't really automatic that I saw. Um, my running a mile every day video has kind of like taken off within the past week. And now I think that another fitness video is taking off. So I, I'm seeing, but I don't know. I think it could just be traffic from that one because I talked about another video in that one. But um, I think it's not something that I'll see within like the next few days. Like it'll take a little while. But yeah, the May uploads were rough. <laughs> and I'm actually uploading every day in July, like Vlogmas in July, but it's not going to be vlogs. It's going to be like it's going to be completely different than my May videos also because they're actually like 31 different videos. Like they're not related really. Um, there's going to be a few two video series, but I have already started um, preparing for that. And I think that because I only upload two times a week this month and like regularly, it's easy to um, pre-film. So yeah, today, this whole week, I'm like pre-filming the first two weeks of that. And then obviously there's vlogs that are like, need to be more up to date, but a lot of them are just informational videos. So yeah. It's like, when I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, I would never be able to like, find the time to do all that. But seeing how well it sort of paid off you, 
like it's almost like I kind of want to do it but it's going to take me like a lot of planning and stuff it does it does take a lot but I will tell you I started off with in May with like 1.5k watch hours and maybe 500 subscribers and now I'm at 1600 and so it it didn't show off immediately but well no when I first started posting I got like the little um in the creator studio when it has like the little um hot air balloon when it says your video your videos your views are up or something like that so I got that pretty early on but it was obviously just because I was posting more but uh, I just got one this past week that said it was up 300%. And I was like, what? And it was because of a video that I posted in May. So it definitely pays off 100%. It's crazy, like, how much consistency helps. Like, even if it's just making sure you upload once a week. Yeah. Like everyone knows, like, you're uploading on that day. Exactly. And I, I talk to a ton of YouTubers about, like, times that they post and stuff like that and I think they just came out with a feature in the creator studio that you can see when your actor when your viewers are most active and so I post every day at 10 a.m but or every time I post it's at 10 a.m but my viewers are more active in the evening times and so I was like asking around like does this really matter like does it change anything and I think that this the key of it is just to do whatever you're doing, do it at the same time, same time every day, whatever day you're doing it, do the same day of the week. And that has just helped me so much, honestly. Yeah. Cause like, even I'm only uploading 10 a.m. on Sundays, so once a week. And then when I start doing this series properly, it's going to be on Wednesdays. But like yeah. just the 10 a.m. on Sundays every week has made such a big Yeah. Push. Yeah. So what is your favorite type of video to make and what are your ultimate goals for your YouTube channel? Okay, my favorite, I would say my favorite type, I really loved the video that I made for like what I would do in my last 24 hours. Um, so, like more vlog type of videos, I guess, but not as much talking. Like I don't, I, I like having music and I, I think that's a big thing on my channel. Like I just love the music. I spend hours and hours and hours going through thematic and like finding the right music. And I will pick out the music before the day even happens so that I'm like, okay, this these are the shots I want to get. But I love having just vlogs that show like what I'm seeing rather than me talking. Um, although the ones that I'm talking a lot do better on my channel. It's just weird to me because I wouldn't watch just someone talking for a long time, but I, like, I think one of my big inspirations with video types is Hannah Maloche. I love her vlogs so much because they're so entertaining and, like, I, they just, you're not bored when you're watching them. And I feel like sometimes when I'm watching my, like, talking vlogs, I get so bored. But the ones that are, like, I'm showing stuff. There's music. It's vibey. <laughs> I like those a lot more. <laughs> also, I love the clothing videos. I yeah, love doing I love, the clothing videos. Uh, your um, thrifting one. I watch oh, that. Yeah. I'm obsessed with thrifting videos at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I love the clothing ones. And I, I'm doing, well, I have a thrift haul video, I think, coming on Wednesday. And then I'm doing a thrift flip which I've never done like 
a massive flip. I've done like two clothes flipping them, but I have like this entire, it's sitting right here. It's this entire thing of clothes. Wow. Literally so much that I have to thrift. I mean, that I have to flip and that's going to be a fun video. So yeah, I do love the thrifting video. That kind of links with the whole sustainability. Yes, exactly. And you know, it's so interesting because now that I'm working with brands, I've received like more brand, not more brand, I mean, more than zero, more than zero brands reaching out to me. And like Shein reached out to me and that's just a brand that I'll never like work with. Honestly. Um, I feel like in college when I was extremely broke and I was like, I just need some cute clothes. I think I shopped at them, I shopped with them like two times and I put a haul on my channel. And I felt so wrong about it instantly. I felt so, yeah, I, I felt so wrong about it. And yeah, that's just something I don't want to post and I don't want to do period. Uh, not, not that there's like anything wrong if anyone does that, but I just think for myself, that's, that's the step I want to take because right behind chemical pollutants, it's the fashion industry. So it's just like, oh God, I think a lot of people don't realize the impacts of yeah. shopping. Yeah. People just, yeah, I did like a whole assignment on it for one of my like modules last semester. And like, I already knew quite a lot about it, but just like learning about it again, it's just like, yeah, it puts it into perspective. It's like, I want this cute piece of clothing, but what does it actually do? Yeah. Like, what is the true cost of? Yeah. 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 I think with like brands reaching out and stuff, I mean, I haven't had that yet, but I know if I get to that point, something like it's almost like, some people probably wouldn't even think about that. But then when you are aware of that, it's like, it's hard to think, but it has to be like, it's worth like missing out a few. To make yeah, exactly. And you know, there's, I think that people limit the fast fashion brands to Shein and Zoffel, but there's other places like princess polly nasty gal they're like so many good ones that it's like their clothes are so cute and you'd get a lot of views but it's just like not ethically there and so i i think that i don't know if i've made this very clear on my channel but i that's like one of my main passions is sustainability and i think in the future i do really want to have a sustainable clothing line um and so I think aligning myself with brands that are sustainable is my main goal. Like I'd rather have that and work a little harder to get that than have a brand that is really popular and will get me a lot of views and just came in my inbox easily um, just to like make some quick money. So yeah. I'm really glad that we covered that because that's like and sustainability was another issue that I really want to like talk more yeah. about. So this has been like a great interview. <laughs> okay. Um, I think we're gonna move on to the bit about racism now. So okay. I watched your video about microaggressions and I think that was actually one of the most the videos that I sort of learned the most from because mm. like it's stuff that you don't always think about, especially obviously me white. So um could you talk a bit more about some of your experiences. 
Yeah, so I want to say in all of the situations that I talked about on that video, a lot of them I personally didn't realize that that's what it was. Like I didn't realize until I was sitting like by myself and just thought about what happened. Like I talked about on my on that video, um, I was on a basketball team in Bettendorf, Iowa, which is like the Midwest. Nobody knows where Iowa is. But um, in high school, I was on a basketball team. And one of the girls, she was like the best player on the team, like most popular girl in our school, probably. She was a grade older than me, though. And <clears throat> she called me Little Rock, which um, Little Rock, Arkansas is a place where they tried to integrate, I think it was nine high school students, nine black high school students into a white school. And these kids like received death threats and were spat on when they were walking into school. And it's just like so many bad things happen to these kids. So, and at the time I was not fully aware of what happened. Like, I think you learn about the Little Rock Nine when you're young and in elementary school, but I don't even want to talk about the history of like that you learn in elementary school because it's all history based on um, what white people say and like what a white person's perspective is. And so you don't really learn about how the black person felt about it or what actually happened because you're only hearing the account from a white person. And so I, that was really all I knew was that they were nine black kids who were integrated into a white high school and that they had a, they were bullied a little bit. And when she called me that, I didn't like, I thought that it was honestly endearment, which is weird. It's weird that I thought that, oh my gosh, she's giving me a nickname. Like, you know, your best friend's giving you a nickname and you're like, oh my gosh, they actually like are my friend and they like, like me enough to give me a nickname, enough to think of a nickname for me. And that's how I felt. And so it wasn't until like probably a, a few months after all of this happened that I was like, wait, she's, that's racist. <laughs> like that is so wrong to call someone Little Rock. Like, and I think if she did know the history of it, which I'm sure she did because there's no way she would have known to associate that with me unless she did. If she did know the history of it, it's just, I, I find it hard to understand why she would like say that unless that's how her heart is. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of times when stuff like that happens and the person who says it is not racist, like they just clearly don't know. Uh, but yeah, that was, I think that was the most outwardly racist thing that has ever happened to me. Um, another example that I didn't, I think I just forgot to talk about this in that video. Um, I, in college, was actually in a women's ministry and I was like a leader. And so there were, I want to say six or seven leaders, maybe there were five, but there was one girl, we were having issues on our leadership team and you know, it's like a Christian thing. So everyone's supposed to like be loving, I guess. But we were having issues on our team. And there was one night that we had all kind of come to terms, like, and we had talked everything out and we were all good. And so at the end of the night, it was really late. And this girl who was also a leader, she took a Polaroid picture of all of us. <clears throat> and so 
I, whenever someone takes a Polaroid picture of me, I'm like, okay, I need to be really close or else my skin is going to look like black. Like it's, you're not going to be able to see me except for my eyes and my teeth. And so I knew this was going to be the case. She takes the picture and she's, she's like, looks at it and she's like, oh my gosh, Devin, we can't see you. And so at that point I was just like, ah, that's so funny. Like great joke. But it was a thing that kept coming up. Like she would say, remember when we took this Polaroid and all we could see was your teeth? Like, that's so funny. And so one day I was just fed up and I was, I was like, that is just not funny. Like, it's not funny at all. I'm not laughing. I don't think anyone else is laughing because I think the rest of my leadership team understood that that's just not right. And so, yeah, I, I was like, this is not funny. And after that point, every time anybody would try to like joke with me about anything, which I am a very like joking person. Like I am rarely serious. She would say to them, Oh, Devin doesn't like it when you joke with her. Like that's just not funny. So it was like, she didn't get the point. She didn't understand that I'm not mad about joking with each other. I'm upset that you're saying racist things or colorist things or whatever it is. You're making comments based on my skin color. So I, I think she, it was kind of lost on her that that was the reason. And I think that a lot of people deal with that, like not understanding that if someone gets upset with you for saying something, it's because it was a racist comment, not because, oh, maybe they're just having a bad day today or like whatever. So I really, with that video, wanted to help people understand like that these everyday little comments like walking up to your black friends and saying oh my gosh we're like the same skin color or you know stuff like that it's like it just don't just don't and I I it was so interesting because a few people from my high school who know the girl who called me that texted me and were like oh my gosh I'm so sorry that I ever like stood by and just like watched that happened and laughed about it because it's not funny um and stuff like that so I think it's genuinely people just don't understand like they don't know that yeah like they don't realize but then they need to respect when you tell them that that is yes exactly exactly so what is something you think people just don't get when it like to do racism or race um, well, something I think they don't understand about the Black Lives Matter movement specifically is that black, like, black people have been dealing with this for like 400 plus years. And so I think everyone is looking for their black friends to say something or like, to react in some way. And, you know, at first, I kind of was like, why is no one talking about this? Um, why, why, is, why are people silent about it? And I think something I've had to come to realize is that although people aren't talking about it on social media or whatever it is, it doesn't mean that they're not doing things. Um, I, I know my mom, the way she processes things is she, something might happen to her and she'll sit and think about it for a while. Like she doesn't react to it immediately. And I think in every situation, you'll impose how you would react on someone else. Like, for example, if you are talking to a boy and like they do something and you tell your friend and they're like, oh my gosh, why aren't you angry? Like, why aren't you so mad right now? And it's like, okay, I'm just chilling. I need to like 
realize how I feel about it before I like do anything crazy. But yeah, so I think that understanding that everybody is not going to react the way that you would react and that if you are still processing what's happening, it's okay. Um, I think another big thing is that this didn't just start happening two weeks ago. It's been something that's been going on for 400 plus years and something that I've been aware of and been taught in my, like in my life from my parents, like how to act in front of a police officer, um, not to be out late at night. Like my mom still texts me. She texted me like, I'll read the text because I, I just read it and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that my mom has to say these things to me. But she said, I was at my friend's house and she said, please don't be out too late and be careful. I want you to be safe. Not another statistic of another young black person who is our latest tragedy to mourn. And I just like, it's like things like that, that we are taught from such a young age that I know no other race is really taught that other than like other people of color. But yeah, I, I, I really hope that people understand that this is not something that we're brand new to. Like it's been happening for a while and a while in my life, a while in the lives of all black people. And when I tell my stories, I hope that I'm not, that no one thinks I'm speaking for all black people because I know that even in my life, I am extremely privileged. I've never lived in, I, I've just always lived in like predominantly white neighborhoods and have known most of them. And my parents are like, we're in good like class standing. So I, I have never had to personally struggle because of where I was located. Um, so those are just a whole bunch of issues that I have been able to bypass, but yeah, I think that's what I would like everybody to know. <laughs> that's a really good, yeah. Okay, so, um, I was wondering if we could talk a bit about Black Lives Matter as a trend, because I definitely think that's what the past two weeks have sort of become. I've seen it, like, every day it's being talked about less and less. Mm -hmm. Like, if everyone's really like so concerned like everyone who started posting everything on their instagram stories and stuff how like i just feel like they need to keep on not necessarily posting but talking about it calling brands out etc like what's your sort of view on that yeah so i think that it needs to be looked at as a diet so when you're on a diet you don't make extreme changes and expect them to last your entire lifetime I think you have to make changes in your life that are sustainable, like something you can do every single day that doesn't really take you far out of your personal routine, but makes it so that you're still making a difference. And I think with like going to posting back to your normal stuff, it's inevitable that that's going to happen because social media is a place to celebrate and it's a place to share your accomplishments and share you know, if you share these things like your downfalls and stuff like that, it's a place to be yourself. And so I think that putting people on the pedestal of only talking about Black Lives Matter is, um, I guess it's just not, it's not feasible because that's not what social media has ever been. Um, I, I do, I have seen people who I feel like it's performative activism where 
they're posting all of these things and not doing things. I know there's a girl from high, my high school who some of my friends are close with. I'm not really close with her, but she was posting a bunch of things. And then one of my friends told me that she said something about how she doesn't understand it. <laughs> it's just in that situation. It's like, why post things then? Like, just don't, don't post things. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay to not say something. Um, but I think we also need to understand the effects of social media um, especially in the past two weeks, there have been so many things that have only come about because of social media and because of the nation's outcry and the world's outcry um, and just outrage that, you know, these things happening maybe 10 or 15 years ago would still go on unnoticed because social media wasn't that big of a thing. So I think we have to understand the power of social media and that it's a great way to share information, but the best way to, I guess, the best way to be an activist is to do things in your everyday life that you can do every day. Um, sustainable things that you won't ever get tired of, like having conversations with people. That will, that's something that really doesn't take much of your energy. And I think that's a big thing that I have had to think about is just conserving my energy. Like when, if I'm talking to someone who is just like the conversation is going nowhere and they don't, they won't see my side of things. They won't understand. Um, and I've had to say, okay, well, I'm just done with this conversation because it's not productive anymore. Um, but having conversations with people is not a difficult thing. Voting and looking up who you're voting for is not a difficult thing. Uh, I know so many times, well, not so many times, I've both voted like once, maybe twice. <laughs> but all the times that I voted, I have known the president, but I have not known any of the other little ones below. So I would just vote for the ones in my party and just like not do any research on them. But I think one big thing to know, especially well, like in America, if you are able to vote, the quickest way to get laws passed or to get your voices heard is to vote for people on the local level because they are so much more likely to get in touch with the governor and will can have the, has have his phone number. Like they will get in touch with the governor instantly, and the ins, and the governor can get in touch with the president quicker than you can. So it's like voting for the little people and like the people mayors and you know town hall people that is so much more impactful than just voting for a presidential candidate because in reality the presidential candidate is not going to hear a word that you're saying um so the people in the local level who really have pressure to stay in office and be reelected year and year again are the ones who are going to help out the most I think that's the same for here as well because we have obviously like our prime minister and yeah like our local council and they i like if you can get in contact with them like yeah be easier than you can yeah. with your local mp which is like the person who represents your area to the mm -hmm. government but mm -hmm. councillors like you can get into contact with them so much easier and they deal more with local issues so that's definitely exactly. I think something that sometimes gets sort of pushed to the side is women and racism. There's a lot of talk about sort of the effect on males and like that can be the same 
with females I like but there is also different experiences depending on your gender so yeah, yeah so I I think like a big overarching thing obviously this is not something I have experienced before but um and I said this in one of my videos but the way that black men are dying in the streets white or black women are dying in the hospitals um women who are black who are pregnant i think there it's three to six times more likely to die from the sole fact that they're black and pregnant um because of the stress of being black and the stress of uh your doctor's not taking you seriously um i know that when like as a black woman in a hospital they think that you are able to receive more pain like you're able to take more pain which is crazy like what i have no clue why that is a thing but i think this whole narrative of a strong black woman is like really pushed and so black women when they express that they're having issues they're much more likely to be pushed aside and like sent home rather than having those issues addressed um so that's one thing that like i think about because i know that i want to have kids in my lifetime and it's it's crazy to think that and it's not even a class situation because a low class white person and a high class black person can go into the same hospital see the same doctors and the low class white person will see will receive much better care just because they're white and so I think that's like a huge thing. Um, I guess things in my personal life that I deal with is, well, not in my personal life, but girls like my age, um, wondering if a boy likes black girls or stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think of other things because a lot of these things I have never, I have not dealt with honestly. And I feel like I don't have much room to talk about some of these things but I know that's one like wondering if boys like black girls or having friends that are obsessed with black boys but don't want to speak up about racial injustice um so it's it's these types of things and then you think about girls who are like that and how if they were ever to marry a black person their kids are going to be dealing with these things and it's going to be a part of their lives now so i think that's like fetishizing people because they're black it's it's like you think that it's anti-racism but it's not yeah, it's really not <laughs> it's just weird it's gross yeah. is there anything else that you wanted to talk about i'm trying to think i don't think so i think I, i've pretty much talked for an hour straight now <laughs> So let's move on to the last question, which okay. I'm asking everyone, and that is, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been? Um, this is actually, it's a Bible verse, but I was on a plane, I don't remember where, oh, I was going to St. Croix to visit my friend, because we were going on vacation together, and I was sitting there, and I was like reading my Bible, and, oh, I was reading a devotional, and the man beside me, it was like a tiny plane in Augusta, Georgia, which is like tiny like it's a tiny little town and I was flying out of the Augusta airport and this man was sitting beside me and he said oh like I'm a youth pastor um you should and we were talking before about I think it was when I was still in it was definitely when I was still an undergrad I think I was 
going into my second year of college and he, we were talking about like me just being stressed about things in my life. I don't even remember what I was talking about at this moment, but I remember it was centered around things that I was stressed about. And he gave me this, he told me to read this Bible verse, because I think it's really interesting when you're talking to people, you don't know that they like believe in God. So you don't really talk about it. <laughs> you're just like, oh, like it'll get better. But then you know, and then you're like, oh, I have something that'll help you. And it's like a Bible verse. So he gave me this Bible verse. Let me look it up. It's basically talking about not leaning on your own understanding and putting like if you put everything in God's hands like it'll be fine and so that's like kind of what I carry with myself every single day it's Proverbs 3 6 through 5 but it's it's lean not unto your own understanding and something about how God will light paths of your way or whatever and yeah 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 and um if I think of it I'll send it to you but I just bring that with me every single day. And especially in this time when I'm like, I don't really know what's happening. Um, I just think of that and I'm like, I don't really need to know what's happening because I am in good hands and I know that my plans are not the best plans for me and not the plans that will happen in my life. So yeah, that's, that's my best piece of advice that I've ever gotten is to just like let go because I'm such a control freak, but it's almost like when I am controlling things and it doesn't go my way, I'm like so upset. But when I like release control and something doesn't happen, it's like, oh, that just wasn't meant for me. It's kind of like a mind shift change uh, or a mind shift. And I don't know, it just like brings me so much peace to think about that. That's really nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I really enjoyed talking to you. This has been- Oh, nice. I did too. This is so fun. I'm so glad that you came on um, yeah. and like we've covered so two really important topics um, yeah. on YouTube, so. yeah. <laughs> well thank you so much for inviting me this is so fun <laughs> thank you so much okay yeah. um. <laughs> all right well thank you so much was that was that it for our meeting yeah I think so. all right perfect thank you so much have a good one okay, bye bye